Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. And uh, I hope this message meets you well. And God bless you as you're listening. And once again, this is a badge of honor. And I'm honored to be um, hosting you on this. And for you listening, I quite appreciate. Um, I just want to go the way that I'm led right now, you know, and which is to create a roadmap to a badge of honor, to lay a blueprint and um, get people also involved in a badge of honor. You see, when it comes to the things of God and the things of the Spirit, it's not a one-man thing. It's not a one-man ideology. Even when God sows something in your heart to do, it is not for you. It is for others. You're just like a host, a host that taps from the source and gives out the water at the other end. Any hose that retains the water in itself will become irrelevant because it's no longer able to pass water from the source to the end user. So therefore, in so saying, it's not about the hose. The hose is just a link between God and uh, the people in need of the message, the messenger and uh, maybe let me call it the messenger in this regard or the getting the word from the sender and acting as a medium to the recipients of the message. Okay, so how did badge of honor come about? What is the concept of this badge of honor? Like I've explained it before, and I will just try and, in a nutshell, try and lay a blueprint so that people that listen, that come in contact, that want to get involved, that want to participate in this, will also be able to do a hands-on. Because it's not about me. It's not about communicating without a feedback. Uh, that's a one-sided communication. Communication in itself is incomplete. And that is not what God wants us to do in this dispensation. I'm going to bust a lot of bubbles. I'm going to um, come against some of the assumptions that you might have had about the way God works in some time. But keep an open mind. Um, I came across something um, when I was studying... Um, when I was going through, I came across a course called um, Agile Project Management that does things differently from the traditional way of doing projects. And um, one of the concepts in Agile is that um, they, they, they took a leaf from what Bruce Lee said. He said, be like water, be fluid. Water does not have a shape in itself. If you put it in a bottle, you call it a bottle of water because it takes the shape of water. If you put it in a jar, it becomes a jar of water. Because you can't say waters, you can't quantify it. You can't singularize or pluralize water. It only takes the shape of where you put it. 
it is so fluid that you cannot solidify it and name it by a solid. And that's how the Holy Spirit is. It's like water. And it says, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Water. So, in order for you to be able to walk with God and do the things of the Spirit, you have to be open. You have to be fluid. And you have to be able to accept change quickly. Because there's one thing that's constant with God and that's change. Okay. Uh, I don't want to take too much time and dwell too much on fluidity of um, of, uh, of um, accepting the scripture or being spiritual. So, um, the way it came about is that I wasn't planning. In fact, for a long time, God told me, he said, go preach my names. But I ran away, you know, like Jonah was going the opposite direction. I was like not interested in this thing after i ran a fellowship one time i saw the hassles of being a leader in spiritual matters the ups and downs the people you thought were like this and then you find out they were like that not really realizing that um because the person is um, having a renewed spirit does not mean they don't have some part of them that is still the old so so to say the church or spiritual gathering is still a work in progress. And by work in progress, it means when you go to the laundry, you see some clothes that are dirty, you see some clothes that are in progress or being washed in the washing machine, and then when they come out, you expect that they are all clean, but some are still dirty and need to be rewashed. And then after rewashing them, you now put all the clean ones together, then you iron. Some will still need refinement or re-ironing, maybe because um, you thought they were like the others, but these ones need starch and they need to be wet again and then um, steam rolled and so that they can be crisp and clean and clear before you can get the quality that you desire. So you don't just assume that when you get into the laundry that all the clothes are dirty or all the clothes are clean. Just see it as a work in progress. Don't just, um, the way we go to church, the way we go to spiritual gathering, we just feel everybody there is a saint. Not so. The Bible says that when the children of God gathered, that even Satan came at that high level of spirituality, even Satan came among them. Jesus chose 12 disciples and one was a traitor. So you have to keep an open mind that when you are in a spiritual gathering, you have to be open to change. Even as much as you think everybody is changed, no, it's not a destination. Spiritual work with God is a process. So don't think they have arrived because they are now in church. So the reason why I'm saying this is because I still want you to keep an open mind and not be like me. So I was running the opposite direction. Say, I don't want any more thing to do with leadership position. Let me just be going to church and minding my business. But God said, go preach my names. And after that, he never said anything to me again. And I kept walking in the wrong, di the opposite direction of what God wanted me to do. Um, and um, at the end of the day, I found out that the things I was trying and struggling to do was not what God wanted me to do. So, so to say, I was not in the perfect will. And eventually, I had to retrospect and look at the rearview mirror 
and see that I was going the wrong direction. Um, and so, uh, when, when, when I now decided to let God, let go and let God, somehow, somehow, I wasn't even preparing to go to or thinking about anything like uh, Bible school or anything. So, Rema, Rema Bible School came to Nigeria and they, they just opened. That was the first set of uh, Rema. Rema is um, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And they came from Tulsa, Oklahoma in the U.S. And they were supposed to go to Calabar, but like um, like um, the, the call, the Macedonian call, that the disciples wanted to go to a certain place and the Holy Spirit had to come and say, Peter, arise, kill and eat. Go this way and not that way. The same exact thing happened. They wanted to go start or begin in Calabar, but somebody went, intercepted them at the airport and said, Portacot needs this thing now. So I happened to be one of those that were privileged to enjoy from that Macedonian call. And I look at it as it's because of, it's because of me that God actually diverted them. I wasn't even thinking about Bible school. A friend of mine told me I dilly-dallied, I hesitated, I lingered for a while, and I happened to join. And then I, I began Bible school, and my eyes opened. There were so many things I didn't even know about the Bible. And I learned um, about um, the things of the Bible, which I did not really realize. And so, while I was in Bible school, the Spirit of God spoke to me and I thought it was crazy. I didn't want to speak it to anybody. I didn't want to say it to anybody. And he said, do you remember Martin Luther? I never thought about him before. And he said, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther the Reformer that changed, you know, from the Catholic because his eyes were opened when, you know, he was a Catholic priest and he happened to stumble over the Bible and he went into scriptures and found out that it was not this penitence or these monies that you pay that will save you from your sins. He said, but the actions that you take and the acceptance of Christ is what will actually save you. And the rest is history. Let me not um, bog you down with the actions or the um, reason for the revolt of Martin Luther against uh, the Catholic Church. So he was seen as an outcast for thinking differently, for accepting change and studying the word. And um, lo and behold, Pentecostals or Pentecostal church churches began and were formed. And the Holy Spirit told me then, that's as far back as seven years ago. I couldn't say it to anybody because I didn't know whether I was, whether, you know, to me it was like at fighting within myself this is like heresy thinking of another reform in the church because i used to ponder why is the church heavily burdened and why is the world and even the people in the church against the the way church is going on and i also was questioning why so much heat on church leaders on the way the church is being done and all that. And I'm going to share this with you, what the Holy Spirit shared. Seven years ago, I think I told one or two people, and I kept my mouth shut, because to me, it was like, no, I must not be heard talking about this thing. But you know, when the Holy Spirit deals with you on something or tells you something, it is not for you alone. 
And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, the reason why the church is the way it is, is like we go, we talk to people. In, 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 in the beginning, we used to go evangelize and evangelize some more. And like Jehovah's Witnesses, they do a lot. They do the work a lot better than we do. They continue to go knock on doors. But how many uh, Pentecostal ministries actually go out and evangelize? And those that go out and evangelize, it has become a form of ritual. They just do it because the pastor is going to be there. They said we should come. I'm going to be there, but my heart is not there. Okay. So they do it out of a move that, oh, the whole church is going out and it has become a tradition. So it has become ineffective. So um, I had a pastor that I learned something from that always said, never talk to the people about God until you have talked to God about the people. So always pray to God to hear, God, what should I say? Because there's always a word for the now. And when you see the difference between a pastor that comes and preaches a word for the now, a word in due season, is one that is hearing God's mind for now. And you now find out that so many people in church, though they have diverse challenges, they all connect to that word. And if you are in the spirit and you preach a word for the now, you will find out that a friend of yours that goes to another church, their pastor that is also in the spirit that preaches a word for the now, preaches something similar or exact to that. And if you are a Christian that hears from God and always you, you go to your own private place before you go to church, you hear from God and you continually and constantly remain in the presence of God. When your pastor is preaching or your leader is preaching in church, you will know if they are in sync with God for that moment because what they will be preaching will be what you have heard in the secret place. Okay, so he said to me, he said, the reason why the church is like that is because we go, we used to evangelize, we've stopped. So we don't bring new people into the fold. So everything we do, we're now stale. And we have the same people. We know sister A, sister B, sister C, sister D. And even with the church, because we now lack focus and we don't continually go out to bring new people to um, um, make the place fresh and make us even um, generate a word in due season for these new people so that they can grow. We now have people that are all work in progress. So apart from the pastor and maybe a few leaders, we'll find out that majority of the church is work in progress. So maybe they are once in a while they are studying the word and then they forget about it. They get into um, the issues or the situations of life and then they hurt and then they don't know what to do. They have friends, they have cliques, they form separations and everybody is clicking here and there and then you find out that there's no flow any system or let me use a c once a c ceases to receive from a source it becomes a dead c if a c receives from a source all the time 
and does not have an outlet or an outflow, it also becomes a dead sea. Because it's stagnant, it brings about putrefaction and decay. You say when growth stops, you see, you don't, before, I used to think for you to backslide is for you to go back into your sinful ways. But as I matured and as I grew older in the things of God, I found out that even you remaining on this, in the same spot, in the same position, the same level of growth is already backsliding. You have already backsliding because you are not growing and you are not moving. Imagine if you have a child, one year old, two years old, four years old, five years old, and the child is not crawling. The child is not walking. The child is still taking milk. The child is still in the mother's arm or the father's arm and being carried up and down the place. That child is more like a monster. It's no more a child. You know, so that's irregular when we see it in the physical realm. So that is what is happening in the church. And that's why there's so much decadence, decay, putrefaction. And the church is beginning to smell both to itself and to the world. So there's decadence, there's smell, there's no inflow, no new people coming in, there's no outflow, we're not reaching out to anybody. So we are in there, confused, form cliques, we have begun to do the things we are not sent to do. Though not seemingly bad, you're not killing, you're not going outside to steal, maybe among ourselves we do 419 on ourselves, do contract with somebody and then fail them, and then, you know, there are issues. And that happens a lot in church. So I'm going to try and summarize this. I've uh, gone over and beyond, but because I'm trying to lay a blueprint, and that's why I had to uh, put some concepts clear. Okay, so what God says, and he's, has been saying to me for, he said this seven years ago, and, you know, God doesn't repeat himself. If you have not worked on what he said last, he won't tell you another thing. And that's the work I've, I've had with God. That's who he's been. Until you obey the last command, he doesn't tell you new things. So he's not talkative. So um, he now says, what I want is that I want a cell of 50. After 50, break up. Have a head. And let that cell go generate another 50. Why 50? Don't ask me. Me too, I don't know like you. But as, as long as you listen, you obey. And um, you begin, you find out that it begins to work. So a cell of 50 is that little units, you'll be able to know each other. You'll be able to know who needs what. You'll be able to affect each other. You'll be able to know the needs of those within the church. When the church is too large, somebody might be going through some problems that needs assistance. Maybe welfare, maybe talking to, maybe, you know, whatever. Nobody is there to assist them because the church is too big and they don't realize that one person did not come or one person did not or is having issues. Or they just believe, oh, sister, this and this. She is spiritual, so any physical problem she has or he has, we don't realize because the church is too big. So he said, it's a, a unit of 50. And then he said to me, when I didn't understand, he said, go and study cancerous cells. That's cancer cells. And when I studied cancer cells, now, they said cancer cells in, it, it, cancer cells itself, um, or the forming of cancer cells is called metastasis. Metastasis. And it says in metastasis, cancer cells 
break away from where they were first formed and travel through the blood or the limb system. From where they were before, they break away. That means they go multiply. So when you do 50, you teach people, and then when somebody has gotten to maturity level, let them go lead another cell. So the, the era of breakaway or some pastors not knowing when a pastor has been oversaturated and overmatured to go somewhere else. And that's when they begin to um, backslide or retrogress or a lot of diminishing, set, diminishing return sets in. It's time for them to go lead other people. Then they will be able to know the hard work and um, the things that they so desire and see the, the head pastor doing that they wish they could take over. Uh, and on the ground, they are taking over um, illegally. Let them go and take over a place legally and let them walk the walk. Let them put the effort in it. So these cancer cells, they spread, they, they begin to form in a certain place and they move to other places through the blood, which is the life of man or lymph system. And from the tumors that were formed wherever they were formed, um, they move to other parts of the body. Now, they commonly move through both. They commonly moved through move through the blood or the limb system, and they go to reside in the bones, the lungs, or the liver. That's where they normally go to. So you see, cancer cells they break up, they multiply, they break up again. They multiply, and that's how they take over every place. And that is the work the world want, God wants us to do, take over. And how do we take over? In small units. And so when I came across this agile project management system, I found out that they broke project into smaller bits, into smaller time units, into smaller teams. And these teams work effectively, and they deliver value faster than the traditional project management. And that's when I realized that I did not come across Agile for anything but to also be able to tell you about um, Badge of Honor. So Badge of Honor is going to have three different ways of um, being able to affect other people by listening to Badge of Honor. I've called it three badges that some, some other people will call it three departments. And so in Badge of Honor, there will be three different um, departments or functions. Yeah, three different functions, which I have called badges, three different badges. And you're going to have the badge called a coach. The coach is what you traditionally will call the pastor, the teacher, and the head. You know, so that's the coach. He's going to be the one to um, bring direction, tell you what to do, how to go. He's the one that actually hears from God. He's the one that actually sees the vision and knows where next to go. It is the head that has the eyes, that has the ear. It is the head that has the nose, the breath of life for which the body can be kept whole. It is the, the head that has the mouth to speak what the Lord has said from what he has heard from God. So, there's going to be a coach. Then there's going to be a communicators. Now, communicators are those 
that can actually be called upon to also teach. Teach what they have learned. Maybe when people also say, oh, please talk about this um, um, topic. I don't know about this topic. I don't know what it is about. Please talk about it. And things begin to come from different people over the internet, over social media, and they want to know. So instead of people just going to Bible school or learning or a set of people learning about um, deeper things about the word of God, we're throwing it open. And the Lord wants the word to be spread abroad and people to have in-depth rooted knowledge of the word. So we're going to have communicators, those that can share, that are, that are maturing and are matured, that will be called upon to also communicate the word. Uh, the coach can also communicate. Um, so then we're going to have the third um, function, which is the connector. Who are the connectors? Maybe they are new. But the thing is that somebody must say, hey, like evangelizing other people. Come, listen to this uh, program. Send it out. Um, attach it. Send it to other um, friends of yours other um, link of yours on social media, on your phone, and get other people connected. You might not be able to communicate the word. You yourself might be new, and um, you want others to be able to hear the word of God, and that in itself is also a function of, um, of um, bringing people into the house of God. Is also a form of evangelism. So you might not be the one um, teaching you might not be the one communicating as we call it, but for you to connect other people, there's also a reward. The same thing the coach has done, the same thing, same thing the communicators are doing, um, the connectors are actually going to get the same reward as everybody. So they are going, there's going to be three different um, badges, which is three different functions. In badge of honor, you can decide um, to be a, com um, a connector, and um, as time goes on, as um, we get to know each other better, as the as the, ne the network forms better, we'll be able to get more communicators and invite more people to talk. And then um, um, we'll also, as we grow, we'll be able to have new coaches to go forth and teach people. This is a bit long. is because I'm trying to lay a plan. We're not going to be doing more than... 10 minutes at, at most 12 minutes on any message. Um, please listen to this, send it to friends, send it to others, and let them be able to um, understand what a badge of honor is about. God bless you even as you listen and as you share. In Jesus' name. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. And uh, I hope this message meets you well. And God bless you as you're listening. And once again, this is a badge of honor. And I'm honored to be um, hosting you on this. And for you listening, I quite appreciate. Um, I just want to go the way that I'm led right now, you know. And which is to create a roadmap to a badge of honor, to lay a blueprint and um, get people also involved in a badge of honor. 
You see, when it comes to the things of God and the things of the Spirit, it's not a one-man thing. It's not a one-man ideology. Even when God sows something in your heart to do, it is not for you. It is for others. You're just like a host, a host that taps from the source and gives out the water at the other end. Any hose that retains the water in itself will become irrelevant because it's no longer able to pass water from the source to the end user. So therefore, in so saying, it's not about the hose. The hose is just a link between God and uh, the people in need of the message, the messenger, and uh, maybe let me call it the messenger in this regard, or the getting the word from the sender and acting as a medium to the recipients of the message. Okay, so how did badge of honor come about? What is the concept of this badge of honor? Like I've explained it before, and I will just try and, in a nutshell, try and lay a blueprint so that people that listen, that come in contact, that want to get involved, that want to participate in this, will also be able to do a hands-on. Because it's not about me. It's not about communicating without a feedback uh, that's a one-sided communication. Communication in itself is incomplete. And that is not what God wants us to do in this dispensation. I'm going to bust a lot of bubbles. I'm going to um, come against some of the assumptions that you might have had about the way God works in some time. But keep an open mind. Um... I came across something um, when I was studying, um, when I was going through, I came across a course called um, Agile Project Management that does things differently from the traditional way of doing projects. And um, one of the concepts in Agile is that um, they, they, they took a leave from what Bruce Lee said. He said, be like water, be fluid. Water does not have a shape in itself. If you put it in a bottle, you call it a bottle of water because it takes the shape of water. If you put it in a jar, it becomes a jar of water because you can't say waters, you can't quantify it. You can't singularize or pluralize water. It only takes the shape of where you put it. It is so fluid that you cannot solidify it and name it by a solid. And that's how the Holy Spirit is. It's like water. And it says, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. water. So in order for you to be able to walk with God and do the things of the Spirit, you have to be open. You have to be fluid. And you have to be able to accept change quickly. Because there's one thing that's constant with God, and that's change. Okay, uh, I don't want to take too much time and dwell too much on fluidity of um, of uh, of um, accepting the scripture or being spiritual. So, um, the way it came about, 
is that I wasn't planning. In fact, for a long time, God told me, he said, go preach my names. But I ran away, you know, like Jonah was going the opposite direction. I was like, not interested in this thing. After I ran a fellowship one time, I saw the hassles of being a leader in spiritual matters, the ups and downs, the people you thought were like this, and then you find out they were like that, not really realizing that um, because the person is um, having a renewed spirit does not mean they don't have some part of them that is still the old. So, so to say, the church or spiritual gathering is still a work in progress. And by work in progress, it means when you go to the laundry, you see some clothes that are dirty, you see some clothes that are in progress or being washed in the washing machine, and then when they come out, you expect that they are all clean, but some are still dirty and need to be rewashed. And then after rewashing them, you now put all the clean ones together, then you iron. Some will still need refinement or re-ironing, maybe because um, you thought they were like the others, but these ones need starch and they need to be wet again and then um, steam rolled and so that they can be crisp and clean and clear before you can get the quality that you desire. So you don't just assume that when you get into the laundry that all the clothes are dirty or all the clothes are clean. Just see it as a work in progress. Don't just, um, the way we go to church, the way we go to spiritual gathering, we just feel everybody there is a saint. Not so. The Bible says that when the children of God gathered, that even Satan came at that high level of spirituality, even Satan came among them. Jesus chose 12 disciples and one was a traitor. So you have to keep an open mind that when you are in a spiritual gathering, you have to be open to change. Even as much as you think everybody is changed, no, it's not a destination. Spiritual work with God is a process. So don't think they have arrived because they are now in church. So the reason why I'm saying this is because I still want you to keep an open mind and not be like me. So I was running the opposite direction. Say, I don't want any more thing to do with leadership position. Let me just be going to church and minding my business. But God said, go preach my names. And after that, he never said anything to me again. And I kept walking in the wrong, di the opposite direction of what God wanted me to do. Um, and um, at the end of the day, I found out that the things I was trying and struggling to do was not what God wanted me to do. So, so to say, I was not in the perfect will. And eventually, I had to retrospect and look at the rearview mirror and see that I was going the wrong direction. Um, and so, uh, when, when, when I now decided to let God, let go and let God, Somehow, somehow, I wasn't even preparing to go to or thinking about anything like uh, Bible school or anything. So, Rema, Rema Bible School came to Nigeria and they they just opened. That was the first set of uh, Rema. Rema is um, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And they came from Tulsa, Oklahoma in the U.S. And they were supposed to go to Calabar, but like, um, like, um, the the call the macedonian call 
that the disciples wanted to go to a certain place and the Holy Spirit had to come and say, Peter, arise, kill and eat. Go this way and not that way. The same exact thing happened. They wanted to go start or begin in Calabar, but somebody went, intercepted them at the airport and said, Portacot needs this thing now. So I happen to be one of those that were privileged to enjoy from that Macedonian call. And I look at it as it's because of me that God actually diverted them. I wasn't even thinking about Bible school. A friend of mine told me I dilly-dallied, I hesitated, I lingered for a while, and I happened to join. And then I, I began Bible school and my eyes opened that there were so many things I didn't even know about the Bible. And I learned um, about um, the things of the Bible which I did not really realize. And so while I was in Bible school, the Spirit of God spoke to me and I thought it was crazy. I didn't want to speak it to anybody. I didn't want to say it to anybody. And he said, do you remember Martin Luther? I never thought about him before. And he said, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther the Reformer that changed, you know, from the Catholic because his eyes were opened when, you know, he was a Catholic priest and he happened to stumble over the Bible and he went into scriptures and found out that it was not this penitence or these monies that you pay that will save you from your sins. He said, but the actions that you take and the acceptance of Christ is what will actually save you. And the rest is history. Let me not um, bog you down with the actions or the um, reason for the revolt of Martin Luther against uh, the Catholic Church. So he was seen as an outcast for thinking differently, for accepting change and studying the word. And um, lo and behold, Pentecostals or Pentecostal church churches began and were formed. And the Holy Spirit told me then, that's as far back as seven years ago. I couldn't say it to anybody because I didn't know whether I was, you know, to me it was like, at Fighting within myself, this is like heresy. Thinking of another reform in the church. Because I used to ponder, why is the church heavily burdened? And why is the world and even the people in the church against the, the way church is going on? And I also was questioning, why so much heat on church leaders, on the way the church is being done, and all that. And I'm going to share this with you, what the Holy Spirit shared. Seven years ago, I think I told one or two people, and I kept my mouth shut, because to me, it was like, no, I must not be heard talking about this thing. But you know, when the Holy Spirit deals with you on something or tells you something, it is not for you alone. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, the reason why the church is the way it is, is like, we go, we talk to people, in, 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 in the beginning, we used to go evangelize and evangelize some more. And like Jehovah's Witnesses, they do a lot. They do the work a lot better than we do. They continue to go knock on doors. But how many uh, Pentecostal ministries actually go out and evangelize? And those that go out and evangelize, it has become a form of ritual. They just do it because the pastor is going to be there. They said we should come. I'm going to be there, but my heart is not there. Okay. So they do it 
out of a move that oh the whole church is going out and it has become a tradition so it has become ineffective so um i had a pastor that i learned something from that always said never talk to the people about god until you have talked to god about the people so always pray to god to hear god what should i say because there's always a word for the now and when you see the difference between a pastor that comes and preaches a word for the now, a word in due season, is one that is hearing God's mind for now. And you now find out that so many people in church, though they have diverse challenges, they all connect to that word. And if you are in the spirit and you preach a word for the now, you will find out that a friend of yours that goes to another church, their pastor that is also in the spirit that preaches the word for the now preaches something similar or exact to that. And if you are a Christian that hears from God and always you, you go to your own private place before you go to church, you hear from God and you continually and constantly remain in the presence of God. When your pastor is preaching or your leader is preaching in church, you will know if they are in sync with God for that moment because what they will be preaching will be what you have heard in the secret place. Okay, so he said to me, he said, the reason why the church is like that is because we go, we used to evangelize, we've stopped. So we don't bring new people into the fold. So everything we do, we're now still. And we have the same people. We know sister A, sister B, sister C, sister D. And even with the church, because we now lack focus and we don't continually go out to bring new people to um, um, make the place fresh and make us even um, generate a word in due season for these new people so that they can grow. We now have people that are all work in progress. So apart from the pastor and maybe a few leaders, we'll find out that majority of the church is work in progress. So maybe they are, once in a while they are studying this word and then they forget about it. They get into um, the issues or the situations of life and then they hurt and then they don't know what to do. They have friends, they have cliques, they form separations and everybody is clicking here and there and then you find out that there's no flow any system or let me use a c once a c ceases to receive from a source it becomes a dead c if a c receives from a source all the time and does not have an outlet or an outflow it also becomes a dead c because it's stagnant, it brings about putrefaction and decay. You say when growth stops, you see, you don't, before, I used to think for you to backslide is for you to go back into your sinful ways. But I, as I matured and as I grew older in the things of God, I found out that even you remaining on the, in the same spot, in the same position, the same level of growth is already backsliding. You have already backslidden because you are not growing and you are not moving. Imagine if you have a child, one year old, two years old, four years old, five years old, 
and the child is not crawling, the child is not walking, the child is still taking milk, the child is still in the mother's arm or the father's arm and being carried up and down the place. That child is more like a monster, it's no more a child. You know, so that's irregular when we see it in the physical realm. So that is what is happening in the church. And that's why there's so much decadence, decay, putrefaction. And the church is beginning to smell both to itself and to the world. So there's decadence, there's smell, there's no inflow, no new people coming in, there's no outflow. We're not reaching out to anybody. So we are in there, confused, form cliques. We have begun to do the things we were not sent to do. Though not seemingly bad, you're not killing, you're not going outside to steal. Maybe among ourselves, we do 419 on ourselves, do contract with somebody and then fail them. And then, you know, there are issues. And that happens a lot in church. So I'm going to try and summarize this. I've uh, gone over and beyond. But because I'm trying to lay a blueprint, and that's why I had to uh, put some concepts clear. Okay, so what God says and is, has been saying to me for, he said this seven years ago, and, you know, God doesn't repeat himself. If you have not worked on what he said last, he won't tell you another thing. And that's the work I've, I've had with God. That's who he's been. Until you obey the last command, he doesn't tell you new things. So he's not talkative. So um, he now says, what I want is that I want a cell of 50. After 50, break up. Have a head. And let that cell go generate another 50. Why 50? Don't ask me. Me too, I don't know like you. But as, as long as you listen, you obey, and um, you begin, you find out that it begins to work. So a cell of 50 is that little units, you'll be able to know each other, you'll be able to know who needs what, you'll be able to affect each other, you'll be able to know the needs of those within the church. When the church is too large, somebody might be going through some problems that needs assistance, maybe welfare, maybe talking to, maybe, you know, whatever. Nobody is there to assist them because the church is too big and they don't realize that one person did not come or one person did not is having issues or they just believe, oh, it's sister, this and this. She's spiritual. So any physical problem she has or he has, we don't realize because the church is too big. So he said, it's a, a unit of 50. And then he said to me, when I didn't understand, he said, go and study cancerous cells. That's cancer cells. And when I studied cancer cells, now, they said cancer cells in, it, it, cancer cells itself, um, or the forming of cancer cells is called metastasis. Metastasis. And it says in metastasis, cancer cells break away from where they were first formed and travel through the blood or the lymph system. From where they were before, they break away. That means they go multiply. So when you do 50, you teach people. And then when somebody has gotten to maturity level, let them go lead another cell. So the, the era of breakaway or some pastors not knowing when a pastor has been oversaturated and over matured to go somewhere else. And that's when they begin to um, backslide or retrogress. Or law of diminishing return sets in. 
it's time for them to go lead other people then they will be able to know the hard work and um, the things that they so desire and see the, the head pastor doing that they wish they could take over uh, and on the ground they are taking over um, illegally let them go and take over a place legally and let them walk the walk let them put the effort in it so these cancer cells they spread they, they begin to form in a certain place and they move to other places through the blood which is the life of man or lymph system and from the tumors that were formed wherever they were formed um, they move to other parts of the body now they commonly move through bone to, they commonly moved through move through the blood or the limb system and they go to reside in the bones, the lungs, or the liver. That's where they normally go to. So you see, cancer cells, they break up, they multiply, they break up again, they multiply, and that's how they take over every place. And that is the work the word God wants us to do. Take over. And how do we take over? In small units. And so when I came across this agile project management system, I found out that they broke project into smaller bits, into smaller time units, into smaller teams. And these teams work effectively and they deliver value faster than the traditional project management. And that's when I realized that I did not come across Agile for anything but to also be able to tell you about um, Badge of Honor. So Badge of Honor is going to have three different ways of um, being able to affect other people by listening to Badge of Honor. I've called it three badges that some, some other people will call it three departments. And so in Badge of Honor, there will be three different um, departments or functions. Yeah, three different functions, which I have called badges, three different badges. And you're going to have the badge called a coach. The coach is what you traditionally will call the pastor, the teacher, and the head. You know, so that's the coach. He's going to be the one to um, bring direction tell you what to do how to go he's the one that actually hears from god he's the one that actually sees the vision and knows where next to go it is the head that has the eyes that has the ear it is the head that has the nose the breath of life for which the body can be kept whole it is the the head that has the mouth to speak what the lord has said from what he has heard from god so there's going to be a coach then there's going to be a communicators now communicators are those that can actually be called upon to also teach teach what they have learned maybe when people also say oh please talk about this um, um topic i don't know about this topic i don't know what it is about please talk about it and things begin to come from different people over the internet over social media and they want to know so instead of people just going to bible school or learning or a set of people learning about um, deeper things about the word of god we're throwing it open and the lord wants the word to be spread abroad and people to have in-depth rooted knowledge of the word 
So we're going to have communicators, those that can share, that are, that are maturing and are matured, that will be called upon to also communicate the word. Uh, the coach can also communicate. Um, so then we're going to have the third um, function, which is the connector. Who are the connectors? Maybe they are new. But the thing is that somebody must say, hey, like evangelizing other people. Come, listen to this uh, program. Send it out. Um, attach it. Send it to other um, friends of yours, other um, link of yours on social media, on your phone, and get other people connected. You might not be able to communicate the word. You yourself might be new and... Um, you want others to be able to hear the word of God. And that in itself is also a function of, um, of um, bringing people into the house of God. Is also a form of evangelism. So you might not be the one um, teaching. You might not be the one communicating as we call it. But for you to connect other people, there's also a reward. The same thing the coach has done. The same thing, same thing the communicators are doing. Um, the connectors are actually going to get the same reward as everybody. So they are going, there's going to be three different um, badges, which is three different functions. In badge of honor, you can decide um, to be a, com um, a connector. And um, as time goes on, as um, we get to know each other better, as the, as the, ne the network forms better, we'll be able to get more communicators and invite more people to talk and then um, um, also as we grow we'll be able to have new coaches to go forth and teach people this is a bit long is because i'm trying to lay a plan we're not going to be doing more than 10 minutes at, at most 12 minutes on any message um, please listen to this send it to friends send it to others and let them be able to um, understand what a badge of honor is about. God bless you even as you listen and as you share. In Jesus' name.